for Friday, December 31st, New Year's Eve. It's the early word from the WNYC Newsroom. Hi there, I'm Isaac Davy Aronson with a look at this morning's top news, the day ahead, and reporting highlights from the WNYC News team. Coming up, Ilya Meritz looks back on the year in stats, and we round out 2010 with the final installment of WNYC's Year in Sound. We start with this morning's top headlines just ahead. The Early Word is a production of WNYC Radio. You can support this podcast by making a donation at WNYC.org, where you can also get the latest updates on this morning's headlines on the news page. Mayor Bloomberg continues to acknowledge the city's failure to deal with Sunday's blizzard, saying its response was unacceptable. While promising a full review after the cleanup is complete, the mayor says the city's money problems played no role in the slow response. The budget had nothing to do with this. We thought we had an adequate number of people an adequate number uh, amount of equipment and the right training. The mayor toured the outer boroughs to check on snow removal efforts. Meanwhile, one Queens councilman has his own theory as to why it took so long to plow streets in some parts of the outer boroughs. Councilman Dan Halloran of Whitestone says three sanitation workers told him on Monday that supervisors ordered a deliberate slowdown to protest upcoming budget cuts. They specifically said that they said City Hall doesn't care about us, and uh, their interpretation of, of that was and so we don't have to care about them. Halloran didn't say if the workers actually followed their supervisor's demands. He says transportation department supervisors confirmed the slowdown, too. Sanitation Commissioner John Doherty was with the mayor in Queens. He doubts there was a deliberate slowdown. I've seen a lot of dedicated people out there working. I've been out in the field with them, uh, and I've talked with the officers, and I met with them, and I don't see that right now. Doherty and Mayor Bloomberg promised to investigate the allegations. That didn't appease Queens Borough President Helen Marshall, who was with the mayor during his visit to her snowed-in borough. She says her constituents rely heavily on buses and were deeply inconvenienced by the city's snow removal decisions. So one of the things that I think should have happened earlier is that the routes for the buses should have been cleaned. Indeed, the MTA says it's investigating why 600 buses were abandoned during the blizzard Sunday and Monday, blocking snow plows and leaving passengers without a way home. WNYC's Jim O'Grady reports a combination of technical and supervisory failures appear to have led to the debacle. A union official who drove a bus for 15 years says the problems began because the MTA generally equips its buses with tires built for long life but little traction. And then the authority decided against putting chains on many buses to save on overtime costs. The union official says that as conditions got worse in the field, senior supervisors could have convinced the Central Bus Command to pull vehicles off the street. But because of the holidays, depots were staffed with low-ranking dispatchers. An MTA spokeswoman wouldn't comment, citing the investigation. Chairman Jay Walder has defended the agency's actions by saying it wanted to avoid marooning passengers in the snow. But Gene Rushenoff of the Straphangers campaign likened the result to sending lambs to the slaughter. For WNYC, I'm Jim O'Grady. Some travelers whose flights were canceled because of the storm are still stuck in New York City. One of them is Marty Day. She's hoping her flight to San Francisco finally takes off later this morning. We first caught up with Marty on a stranded bus in East New York, Brooklyn, on Monday. Trying to get to the airport is my main goal in life right now. (laughs) Just so I can sit there, and no matter what, like, I'll probably get a flight. If I had to pay extra thousand dollars, I'll do it. I just kind of want to get it out of here. The A train didn't show up. The streets were snowed in and Marty was using the stranded bus as a place to warm up with her dog, Charlie. She and six other travelers walked a half mile until they reached a plowed street. They found a cab driver freelancing in his personal car who drove them to JFK. 
The six-mile ride cost $150, and at the airport, things were no better. There was like 3,000 people inside the airport, so it was like every like inch of space I moved, like I was touching someone's elbow, or it was just horrible. Everyone was in the worst mood possible. Everyone was just like really rude and really like disrespectful. It was just really horrible. Marty camped out at JFK Airport Monday night, hoping to get off a waiting list. She's been staying with friends in Brooklyn for the past three nights. She plans to take a cab to the airport today. To hear more about stranded travelers in New York, you can visit our website, wnyc.org. City officials are blaming Verizon for a backlog on the city's 311 information line during the blizzard. WNYC's Bob Henley has more. The city's Department of Information and Technology says during the storm, some callers trying to reach the non-emergency 311 line got a fast busy signal. They say it can be traced to problems Verizon was having with its network, not the city's helpline. On Monday, 311 handled almost a quarter of a million calls, the fifth highest daily total since it came online in 2003. Meanwhile, the city's 911 call system logged close to 50,000 calls, but only one in five of those turned out to be real emergencies. It remains an open question if frustrated 311 callers dialed 911. The volume of calls to 911 caused a huge backlog for dispatchers. At one point, the fire department had more than 1,300 possible emergencies on hold. Ultimately, just 300 were life-threatening. For WNYC... I'm Bob Henley. A Verizon spokesman says the city needs to buy more network access for 311 for extraordinary events like the blizzard. Turning briefly to non-blizzard news, Mayor Bloomberg's friend and informal advisor Stephen Ratner has agreed to pay $10 million to settle claims he participated in a pay-to-play scheme involving the state's pension fund. Ratner also agreed to stay away from work with any pension fund in New York for five years. Attorney General Andrew Cuomo, who becomes governor tomorrow, had initially sought far harsher penalties, including a lifetime ban from the securities industry. Ratner, who had initially criticized Cuomo's lawsuit as politically motivated, released a statement apologizing for actions that may have made reaching the settlement more difficult. Well, one group is hoping that today's party in Times Square will be an opportunity to spread a message of peace. Dr. Ahmed Chaudhry of the Muslims for Peace campaign says he wants people to know that Islam is not about violence. We're going to bring this message back to Times Square because there are hundreds of thousands of people from all across the United States as well as the world. And what better place to spread the true message of Islam? Chaudhry says about 100 volunteers will be in Times Square from 2 to 4 this afternoon handing out flyers to promote dialogue. The group was launched following Faisal Shahzad's failed Times Square bomb attempt in May in order to counter negative images of Islam. The stock market is up and the jobless rate is down. Over the past year, New York's economic situation has improved a lot in some areas, less so in others. WNYC's Ilya Meretz has this look at the year in stats. When the year began, the unemployment rate in New York City stood at 10.4 percent. Last month, it was down to 9.1 percent. The number of jobless New Yorkers declined by almost 50,000. Other indicators are less cheerful. The number of stalled building projects has soared since January. The number of homes sold in 2010 didn't improve much from 2009, except in Manhattan. There, 25 percent more properties changed hands and prices rose, too. This year, inflation was low on food, furnishings, and many other consumer goods. But this week came one price hike that'll hit practically everyone, higher bus and subway fares. For WNYC, I'm Ilya Meritz. (laughs) 
Well, my friends, this is the last early word for a while. We're going on hiatus next week so we can reboot and revamp the podcast and bring you something even better in the new year. You can check the podcast page at our website for updates. And if there's anything you'd like to hear in a new and improved early word, let us know. Go to WNYC.org and send us an email. The Early Word has been a production of the WNYC Newsroom, where the managing editor is Karen Frillman, the executive producer is Giselle Regatau, the news editor is Julianne Welby, the economics editor is Charlie Herman, the web editor is Kathleen Ehrlich, our arts and culture maven is Abby Fentress Swanson, WNYC's senior executive producer for news is John Keefe. The Early Word is produced by me. I'm Isaac Davey Aronson, and I want to wish all of you a happy, healthy new year. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to joining you again in 2011. I'll leave you with the final installment of WNYC's The Year in Sound, produced by Beth Fertig and Richard Yeh with audio engineer Wayne Schulmeister. In 2010, New York voters chose a new governor, police arrested a man for plotting to blow up Times Square, and the economy continued to sputter. But more bike lanes were painted on city streets, World Cup fever spread through the region, and a former mayor got a bridge named after him. WNYC toasts the year in sound, which began with the unraveling of Governor David Patterson's administration. The only way I'm not going to be governor next year is at the ballot box, and the only way that uh, I'll be leaving office before is in a box. I've now turned this over to the Attorney General. This is now an investigation. I want to get to the bottom. It has become increasingly clear to me in the last few days that I cannot run for office and try to manage the state's business at the same time. We are going to start by giving the people their government back and by cleaning up Albany and giving people a government that works for the people and not the special interest and not the lobbyists. A new Democrat is just an old Democrat who drove by a Tea Party protest and realized they were pointing at him. I'm the attorney for Anna Chapman. She never met personally with any official of the Russian Federation. She never passed information. She never received any money. Although a Taliban bomb maker has claimed on the internet uh, that the car bomb was placed in Times Square to avenge the deaths of Mujahideen fighters. We have no evidence to support this claim. Fear-mongering leads to hate crimes. We have no doubt that, that the perpetrator in the back seat looked at this man in the front and saw that he was vulnerable. One, because he's a taxi driver, and two, because he is Muslim. We have seen funds cut from the MTA this year uh, at a time when we had no choice but to make it up by cutting service and, and raising fares. This wasn't called access to New Jersey's core. This was called access to the region's core. Yet New Jersey was the only member of the region who was paying for it. And we are not going to let the state of New York close St. Vincent's down. It's hard because there's a lot of people looking for work, a lot of people, many people at one time, and the qualifications are a little higher. This has uh, been a great summer for Coney Island, and uh, we expect it will be a great fall, and we're looking forward to an even better summer next year. A city seen from the Queensboro Bridge is always the city seen for the first time in its first 
wild promise of all the mystery and the beauty in the world. Isn't that wonderful? And that's my bridge. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Looking for fun and feeling Why should only Midtown get the benefit of having these protected bike lanes and the pedestrian islands? I think it's a little bit overblown. If they want to touch my junk, more power to them. This is the most enormous and outstanding achievement that Spanish football has had. I wish I were in Spain just right now in Madrid, celebrating, whatever, but just being here, seeing all this, it's the same. As long as I own the Yankees, these players are going to perform up to their capabilities. They're never going to leave 10% in the locker room because those fans that come out in record numbers since I've had the team, record numbers, those people are not going to be disappointed without these fellas having me on their back. This is the only organization that I've ever wanted to play for. This is the only organization that I want to play for, and this is where I want to finish my career. Don't leave me swinging in the wind until November. I don't want anyone to feel embarrassed, awkward. Hey, if I was you, I may want me to go away too. I am not going away. This is who I am. Uh, like it or not, you guys are stuck with me for four years. And I'm going to say things directly. When you ask me questions, I'm going to answer them directly, straightly, bluntly. And nobody in New Jersey is going to have to wonder where I am on an issue. And it is my pleasure to welcome, as the next chancellor of the New York City public school system, a great New Yorker, Kathy Black. The mayor has said right from the beginning in our first conversation, what I need is a very experienced manager who's used to complex organizations, who's a decision maker, and is a very good people person, and he chose me. Yes, we are black, and we are white, and we are brown. But we are one state because we are New York. Yes, we are rich and we are poor. But we are one state because we are New York. Yes, we are gay. There's that hope that springs eternal in the human breast that somehow Albany is going to change because one person got elected. It's just not true. 